Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two here on primetime action. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds on the desk. Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. We are Got a couple of NBA tips that are happening this hour, a couple of college basketball tips that we're going to be looking at. Of course, we just talked NHL with Andy McNeil. We got the Canucks and the Predators that are happening right now. The Predators minus 175 home favorites, plus 150 on the Canucks as road underdogs there over on the NBA side of things. We do have the Nuggets and the Timberwolves that are tipping right now. Timberwolves about a point, point and a half home favorite over the Nuggets, 228 and a half, 229 the total. The Magic and the Bulls going down right now as well. Anywhere from eight to nine on the Bulls as home favorites, 222 and a half, 223 the total. And then about a half hour, the Warriors and the Spurs. We got the Spurs as about six, six and a half point home favorites there, 218 and a half. 219 West. You got a couple of uh, of NCAA games coming right now as well. Yeah, we do have one tipping off at the top of the hour. That is North Carolina and Louisville. No bet for me. Currently going to close four pretty much in the market. By the way, for Louisville, Malik Williams, their star center suspended. If you remember, he was the one that kind of uh, did not answer the question about Chris Mack's status, you know, and, and kind of really hasn't seemed to have been a team guy, if you believe the reports around Louisville. So Mike Pegues, who is the interim head coach, as Chris Mack was terminated last week down there in Louisville, is taking over, has suspended him for a game. So this is an obvious loss. But if you just look at a situation, Louisville played Duke pretty competitively on Saturday, ended up not covering, though, at the end that maybe this is like, okay, we're going to rally here. You know, we're without Malik Williams. With the, we're without our teammate, one of our lead players. But we're going to show that we can win without him. So I did not bet this, but I would lean Louisville getting four at home. We, are, we have gotten to the who do you believe, what do you believe going on here on the Twitter machine. There are varying reports out there that Jim Harbaugh, basically it's all but done mm-hmm. that he is going to be taking the gig with Minnesota. Um, Now, there are other reports that they conducted a nine-hour interview today with another candidate that all this, but apparently it was if this Harbaugh, according to some of these people, that's only if this Harbaugh thing doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and and look, we obviously have heard with Brian Flores' lawsuit that was leaked out today that, you know, certain coaches get interviews that are quote-unquote sham Mm. interviews, and that brings into the Rooney rule and everything about that. So that's going to be a big topic of discussion in NFL circles, and we'll see if uh, Jim Harbaugh is heading back to the NFL and then who's going to take that Michigan job. Man, a nine-hour interview. That sounds brutal, especially if you don't think you're going to get the job. Also, what can you talk about for nine hours? I have no idea. Have have you ever seen the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, oh, yeah. where he's got to take like all of his, his exams in college to pass. I wanted a jacuzzi he's in the my chair like for so long. He's in the chair like, oh god, I've been here for like 15 hours just falling asleep. So I can't imagine a nine-hour interview. It's it's like you sit down, like, what do you think you would do, um, you know, to help us win games? And then you give your five-minute answer, your 10-minute answer. Maybe you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe if you really want to stretch it out, 15, 20 minutes. Maybe a tour of the facilities, a tour, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. All that you know, you get the, some lunch, you do whatever. Right. What do you do in the other seven hours? No idea. What, no what, idea. what do you exactly. do in the other seven hours? Holy mackerel with all this, but so. Harbaugh going to Minnesota, and and I guess this kind of goes back to what we're talking about with some of these teams that may or may not be in rebuilding mode. We don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know, one, whether he will retire. Mm -hmm. Will he make them – will he force his way out of there this time for sure and say, listen, I'm definitely not playing a down for you guys this year. You can trade me or or I'm just going to sit out the whole year whatever. So I I think at least with the Minnesota job, you can probably look at that division and say, look, if we – if we play this right, and if mm-hmm. we get lucky, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers goes, and then we're probably the, the the favorite there. And then even if he stays one more year, he's not likely to be there past that anyway. Right. So I, I think if you're Harbaugh, maybe this is the right time to kind of make that move to where you can at least now, whether you're going to contend for a Super Bowl or not, that remains to be seen. And, of course, you've got one of the good young receivers there and Justin Jefferson and all that. I mean, you'll have to figure out what you want to do with the quarterback position with with Kirk Cousins and all that salary and everything. But this this might be a good time to kind of go in and say, I mean, we're at least going to make the playoffs right. like a and, lot. And you finally at least got that Buckeyes monkey off your back. Mm. You finally beat Ohio State. Never could do it. But look, you're looking up at them every year when you look at the recruiting rankings. I mean, they're getting five stars pretty much all across the board. The rich get richer there in Columbus. And Michigan recruits very well, but hardly anybody recruits like mm. Ohio State does. So it's like, do I want to go in this division where I've got a Detroit team that's obviously still a rebuild, where I've got a Chicago team where Justin Fields is really going to be in his first year as an NFL starter. He's a part-time starter basically this year. New head coach, Matt Eberflus, who's more of a defensive guy, Mm -hmm. comes from the Indianapolis Colts at D.C. So you've got a Bears team that needs to be remade. New GM there in Chicago, Mm -hmm. also a new GM in Minnesota. So if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division and goes somewhere else, then Devontae Adams is going to follow. Maybe not follow Aaron Rodgers, but follow out the door because he's a UFA. Mm -hmm. And obviously he has made it clear that he wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's, you know, Kelly, when we look at this and we we kind of start to, and, you know, these futures odds will, 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 will pop up after the Super Bowl and all that. But, I mean, you know, one of the things we did and, and to success uh, somewhere along the way, I mean, some of the stuff didn't play out like we thought, but we did try to read some tea leaves. We did try to put some things together in order whenever we were trying to, to stack these, these futures bets. And I think if we do kind of do this again, there are a lot of, as we keep, we point to these teams that look like, obvious rebuild situations, some that could definitely become rebuild situations. And then these, these other teams that may or may not land, you know, again, it's, 
not that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make all the difference for mm-hmm. Team X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. but look, it could at least make them competitive as opposed to whatever. So I think if we try to start doing all that, there might be some value for us. Yeah, to, those. To, uh, I mean, the odds are up now for Super Bowl. At least yeah. you're not going to get all the other futures. The only thing that uh, the, the only thing is different on this graphic. The Bucks have moved down to fourteen to one, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think you. I think you're right. You can at least start crossing some teams off, off right? right? Like yeah. I think what we really looked at it last year was kind of doing that early, like now, where you can start crossing some teams off. Might not be bet on teams, but you at least recognize some teams that you won't don't want any part of, and then and then it's kind of more. I mean, it's what well, you did this summer, trying to get in front of the news for mm-hmm. when players are going to, you know, maybe get traded or sign in free agents. There's a couple teams out there are going to be looking. Looking for quarterbacks. We'll see what the yeah. Colts elect to do with Carson Wentz. I believe they can save like $15 million if they cut him by, I forget the date in March, but they can get out of that contract. So are the Colts going to upgrade at quarterback? What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? The, Pretty good defense. I was about to say like, And it, did get in the playoffs some way, somehow with a crippled Ben Roethlisberger. And basically. some playmakers on the offensive side. If you get the right quarterback in there, I mean, like we, mm-hmm. you, you, you weren't really able to take advantage of Chase Claypool this year because yeah. you didn't have a quarterback that could push the ball down the field. Right. I mean, this was not like when we mentioned, of course, Tom Brady mm-hmm. officially retired today, where he still led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger, father time, caught up with him about three years ago. Mm-hmm. So you got to think if Pittsburgh even gets a mild upgrade at quarterback that they should be a playoff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, uh, you, Kelly, you talk about these teams that you might can start to, to scratch off here. And I mean, you, th- that number is just not, for me, that number is just not near big enough on a team like the and, 49ers, right? At 14 to 1, because if we think Jimmy Garoppolo is gone, they weren't able to get it done. They were not yeah. confident enough mm-hmm. in Trey Lance to, to roll him out this year. They wanted to go with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. They weren't able to get it done with him this year. And now you're going to have what is essentially a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. starting for this team in a very, very, very competitive, uh, you know, NFC. I, I don't, I, 14 to 1, that would be just a cross off for me. And another one sure. that stood out to me here the Denver Broncos, who I think do have a very good defense, but mm-hmm. that is kind of baked into the cake. If you're yep. looking at that graphic 15 to 1, then, hey, there's a good chance to get Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's kind of trying to put two and two together. Nathaniel Hackett the offensive coordinator in Green Bay uh, is now in Denver. So is there a little quid pro quo there with Aaron Rodgers that he's going to come and join his old offensive coordinator? I don't know what kind of relationship they have, but obviously at 15 to one, that is baked in that they are changing at quarterback, but probably very few organizations in the NFL under more transition than the Denver Broncos who still, uh, you know, need an owner and uh, (laughs) that a team got officially put up for sale by the Bowling Trust this afternoon. Kelly, we do have some games in progress. What are we looking like over there? Yeah, I'll start in the NBA. We got the Pistons on top of the Pelicans right now, 58 to 53, 45 seconds left in the first half. Pistons, two and a half point live favorite, 225 and a half live total in that game. Bucks on top of the Wizards, 36 to 24, 745 remaining in the second quarter. The Bucks, 14 and a half point live favorite, 210 and a half. The live total heat up 10 on the Raptors, 34 to 24, uh, 10 and a half minutes left in the second quarter of that game. Heat five and a half point live favorites, 209 and a half is the live total over the NHL. We got a bunch of games in progress. Kraken and Bruins, 0-0, 16 minutes left in the second period. The Sharks and Lightning all tied up at 1, 12-15 left in the second period of that game. Lightning, minus 310 on the live money line, plus 215 on the Sharks, 5.5 your total. Jets lead the Flyers 1 to nothing. 17 minutes left in the second period. Jets minus 390 live. Flyers plus 265. Live total set at 5. Panthers and Rangers 2 apiece. 
15 minutes left in the second period. Live numbers locked currently. Penguins and Capitals all tied up at two with 18 minutes left in the second period. Penguins minus 160 live. Capitals plus 120. Your total set at eight and a half. Maple Leafs all over the Devils. Four to nothing. 17 minutes left in the second period of that one. Senators lead the Islanders one to nothing with two minutes left in the first period. Live numbers currently locked on that game. And Canucks and Predators just getting started. That is scoreless over in college basketball. we got a few top 25 games going on right now. Creighton on top of UConn, 52-48, to three and a half minutes remaining in that game. We have Kansas on top of Iowa State, 36-28, to 16 and a half minutes left to go in that one. And we have uh, Michigan State up on Maryland, 42-34, to 42 to 34, 16 minutes left in that game. And Tennessee on top of Texas AM, 43 to 37, second half just getting going. Live numbers off the board right now for all those games. Creighton would be a little bit of an upset here, and I did take them in that 10.5, UConn 17. And when you get in with these college basketball games, you know, these teams. They get kind of fat and happy when they get on a winning streak in conference, and UConn looks like they're fitting the bill for that tonight. Kelly, some of that news you were waiting on, Aiton and Crowder both a go tonight. Run, both, run, run. Both going to play. <laughs> we'll talk a couple of segments with Drew Densick. We're going to talk everything from NBA, NHL, Olympics, everything. It's primetime action here on BC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action here on VSIN. No read, no read, no read, everyone. It's all good. Matt Brown, <laughs> Kelly Biddle behind the glass, Wes Reynolds here with us on the desk. But joining us from, I can only assume, the beach or you know, somewhere getting his hair blow-dried by, you know, what, whatever it might be, the, the tropical winds. It's, it's Drew Densick. Find him on the Twitter machine at whale underscore capper amongst all of the other places where his content is out there. Drew, thanks for joining us, buddy. 
Hey, thank you guys for having me. I hope everybody's doing well tonight. Uh, fun, uh, fun week of, uh, of not talking about the NFL as much this week you, and the winter Olympics on the nigh. So very far to hey, get into this. Listen, video. we have already, listen, we have already been asked whether you were going to talk about that on this or not. We are going to get there. Let's <laughs> before we go though, there are two NBA games. I don't think you have anything on either one of these games. If there was even some thoughts on anything that's going on here, the Warriors and the Spurs are happening yeah. kind of here in about 15 minutes. Then we have the Nets and the Suns. We get the word now that, that Aiton and Crowd are both going to go tonight. Uh, uh, Spurs sitting about six, six and a half point favorites over the Warriors. And then we've got the, uh, the sun sitting about seven point favorites over the nets. Yeah. I, uh, I balked this morning when someone was like, man, the Spurs are in such a good spot. Mm. And I looked at the market. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, plus two and a half. Ah, it's not enough. I need a couple more points. Well, now they're six and a half. Points. So, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's the way that goes. Sometimes I, you know, the warriors are in a tough spot rest wise. Uh, I get it. But uh, you know, this time of year, sometimes when teams uh, all of a sudden, um, you know, are, are, you know, role players are, are thrust into leading man roles. Uh, it tends to get the best out of them. So uh, at this point, I would not be surprised at all if the Warriors outright won. Um, so this one is Warriors or pass for me. I didn't end up playing that one. Only thing in action for me tonight is my uh, Toronto Raptors, who are uh, scrapping back right now after digging themselves a little bit of a first quarter hole. Drew, uh, in the other late game tonight, Brooklyn and Phoenix. Brooklyn got the early money today because, uh, of course, Harden got ruled probable. Kyrie is going to go. No Kevin Durant for the interim uh, here shortly. But Phoenix now getting a little bit of late money. This did go down, I think, as low as five in the, in the morning and in the early afternoon. Now seeing some sevens reappear. I didn't see any Suns injury news that was really going to make uh, that much of a difference, except for Aiton, and, and, and then now I see Crowder upgraded to probable. Do you think that this is the right number here back at seven? Yeah, both of those guys move the needle a little bit for me in this matchup in particular. And and really the late support for the Suns is not shocking considering what they've done, not not just this season, but really uh, in the you know, in the last month in terms of covering spreads, they're starting to really generate some market respect here. And I think there's probably a lot of people who uh, you know wouldn't have believed it when we started the season, but uh, you know, they looked at a net Suns and they saw a cheap price on the Suns and they just couldn't get enough. So uh, you know, here we go, Suns. Uh, you know, I think what are they on like a 10 or 11 game win streak right now. This is their second double digit win streak of the season to this point. Um, and this team really does look like they are clicking on all cylinders. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, the, you, you mentioned the nets are going to be at medium ish full strength. Uh, you know, obviously Kevin Durant matters a ton. He was an MVP candidate before going down. Um, but uh, you know, that they may struggle against a team that's as deep as the Suns. the Suns' second unit is absolutely devastating when they're, you know, when the first unit is fully healthy and, and with Aiton and Crowder now, going that second unit really has a lot of different dynamic looks they can give you. Uh, this is one that sets up pretty well. If, if Harden is clicking early, if, um, if Irving is giving you some meaningful contributions early in this game, you may get a nice live entry on the suns at the beginning of the second quarter or the beginning of the fourth quarter. So this is one that I'm not going to play preflop, but uh, I'm going to be watching pretty closely. Look for a good live entry on the suns. If the nets are up at any point in the game, drew, before we get to your kind of initial thoughts here, on the Super Bowl, we were talking about this last segment, and curious to kind of get where you start to to at least start to you know draw some some notes down on a piece of paper and all this. But we were talking about listen, there's some of these spots out here with some of these NFL teams where you look and 
if you start to read the tea leaves, it looks like some pretty obvious rebuilding spots for some of these teams. You look at a team like the Bucks, and it's like, okay, they got all these free agents. Brady retires, likely for Gronk to retire. You got Godwin coming back off of a horrible injury. No more Antonio Brown. So you see all that. You got the Saints in cap hell. They don't have a quarterback. You've got all that going on. Whatever in the hell is going on with the Dolphins, right? I mean, like with all this stuff that's happening right now, the Texans with the Deshaun Watson. So I mean, you, you can start to kind of do all this. When do you start to kind of start just jotting down some notes saying, ah, this is a team I'm interested in. This is a team I'm not so much interested in. This is a team that might trade for a quarterback that would make this team interesting. This is likely a t- when, when do you start doing all that? Oh, I would do it. I'm starting it right now. Obviously mm-hmm. I, I have general, you know, this, this week is a fun week to really look at all of the other teams that are not in the super bowl and really assess what's going on with that state of the franchise. Uh, and that's actually one of the things that uh, we do annually <laughs> this week, uh, really talk about all the other teams that are not going to the super bowl. Uh, and you know, it, I think it's pretty clear what you look at as you look across the landscape of the NFL right now in a macro sense. And that is a consolidation of the best young quarterbacks all in the A. FC. I mean, there's that you can't really uh, spin any different narrative right now as you have you know, the likes of Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow now, uh, along with Lamar Jackson, along with, uh, you know, I'm forgetting uh, you know some of the other amazing young talent in that conference. But uh, the AFC is absolutely stacked. And the NFC is wide freaking open, especially if Aaron Rodgers walks out. Uh, and you're right that you brought up a couple of obvious rebuilds. I mean, the a- NFC South is in shambles. I, you know that. Look at that quarterback depth chart across those four teams, and it is absolute putrid. Uh, similarly, the, uh, you know, the NFC East, you have uh, huge coaching questions swirling in, you know, with the Cowboys and their ability to kind of sustain winning uh, in that city. And then, uh, you know, in the NFC West is obviously pretty top heavy, but uh, you're going to get a turnover likely at quarterback for the uh, San Francisco 49ers for the Seattle Seahawks potentially. And uh, you know, the Rams are, are a stars and scrubs unit to begin with. They happen to be healthy now going to the Super Bowl, but no guarantee that they'll be in that that same state next year. So uh, I think you see some pretty clear disparity in terms of the overall strength between the two conferences. Uh, and so when it comes to sort of picking out a couple of long shots, that you're going to keep your eye on, try to figure out what they should do from a team building standpoint. I'm pretty much only going to be looking at the NFC. Andrew, speaking of one of those young quarterbacks you mentioned in the AFC, that being Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, taking on the Rams, Super Bowl 56, but seeing some four and a halves now, the fours kind of disappeared. It went from four to three and a half, then back to four, pretty much four and a half on the market consensus. A little bit of an overreaction for you on the Rams in this spot. It's tough to say that it's an overreaction, but I was surprised. Uh, I thought the four was fair and I thought we were going to sit at four for a whole two weeks and there was going to be a lot of mm-hmm. navel gazing about what the right side was. And when in reality, the, the number was fair and for see it tick to four and a half with uh, some of the early action that came in was uh, surprising to me. Um, you know, my fare is four, four and a half as well. So I don't see huge edge either way on the spread. And I guess if there was any reason that to think that there was going to be a lopsided, uh, you know, kind of market in general here, I get it that it would be in favor of the Rams, because if you're trying to find specific matchups to hang your hat on that, you want to be on the, you know, the right side of some advantage matchup, like they're both in the trenches and they're both in favor of the Rams. And so I think I see why people kind of look at this game and they say, well, you have a dynamic 
defensive line for the Rams led by all universe Aaron Donald going up against a weak interior O line for the chiefs. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be a sitting duck, particularly if they're in a negative game state. Uh, and that gives you a little confidence to expect the Rams to win this game for me. Uh, I have Rams futures. I'm very, very uh, invested here uh, in the Rams winning this game. And I've have not taken any liability off the table yet. I'm just watching this market, waiting to see how high this money line is going to get before doing anything. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, in the back of my head, I, I have lots of questions about the way that McVay handles his in-game decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he may ultimately coach a clean game. For five, he's done it in this season. He's done it in the past. Uh, he hasn't done it in these playoffs, um, but ultimately, you know, he may, he may uh, kind of settle down and, and coach cleanly in which case, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think the Rams get, get it done and uh, hoist the trophy, but um, it's a, it's a fun game to handicap. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm excited to have a new team in the AFC instead of uh, Pat Mahomes and the chiefs as exciting as they are to watch. Uh, it's interesting to try to break down exactly what you're going to get out of these Bengals. Drew, we've got about a minute, and then, of course, we're holding you over. We're going to talk some more about this, then we'll talk some Olympics as well. But uh, he- hear me hear me out here, and maybe we'll even take this into the break so you can you can, you can can ponder on it, and we'll come back and think. But the you talk about the mismatches here, and the, obviously the biggest one being the Rams' defensive line versus the, the offensive line of Cincinnati. In a weird way, I am coming around to convincing myself that this might actually be a good thing for Cincinnati, that they are going to have to game plan and they are going to have to get rid of this run on early down stuff. Mm. They go, they look back. Debo goes seven for 26. Elijah Mitchell goes 11 for 20. Absolutely no rushing success whatsoever from San Francisco this past week. And, and, and Zach Taylor and company, now, of course, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but uh, you, you have two weeks to sit here and look and go, we're not going to be able to run this ball. We're not going to be able to run the ball successfully at all. We need to understand that Joe Burrow is going to have to get the ball out in under 2.5 seconds, hopefully closer to 2.2 seconds, and we need to just rapidly fire the ball off over and over and over again. I'm almost convincing myself that the mismatch could almost work in their favor to where they have to completely just abandon what they really want to do. I mean, if you're a consultant for the Bengals, that's what you write your report. That's what you submit to them. Hey, this is what you need to do. Now, whether they will actually execute that is a different question entirely. And that comes down to how much you have faith in Zach Taylor, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this. And of course, we want to get your <laughs> Olympic thoughts as well. Primetime action here on a Tuesday. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join our own Storm Bonatoni on Friday, the 11th of February at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event here at the South Point Casino. Storm will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chrissy, Jimmy, and Vinny. How could you not come for Chrissy, Jimmy, and Vinny? They're going to sit there and give you an informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book. All their years, these legends have seen all the stories, all the everything. You want to come and listen to these guys talk. The event is free for everyone over 21 years of age. So stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th this month, 6 p.m. You get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde, specials on Budweiser, purchasing signed copies of Chrissy Andrews' book, and learn from these bookmaking experts. It is going to be amazing. 
the stories you can get mm-hmm. from those three, Wes. And Matt Newman's and I, by the way, promised to be quiet by the bar. We got scolded last time by uh, one of the event attendees that we were talking <laughs> to loud at the bar, and they couldn't hear what Jimmy and Brent and everybody were saying. I was like, you know, I didn't want to. An older gentleman, I'm taught to respect my elders. I'm like, you know what? I could have told him, hey, move up a little bit, sit in front, don't sit by the bar where we're all gathering. <laughs> but I did not do that but, because I'm a gentleman yes, who respects my elders. You, you know what? I did not do that. Thank you very much. All right. He stayed around with us. We do appreciate it. And this is what everybody really wants to to, to hear about. But, but Drew, just to kind of put a bow here on the, the, the Super Bowls talk here, you, I have, Wes has, Kelly has, we all got Rams futures here and, and all that. So, obviously, the best scenario for all of us is the Rams to win the game. When it's all said and done, you're going to see how high this money line gets or where it gets, and then that's probably what you'll do to at least get you like a nice steak dinner out of all this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm head to head in the Calcutta with Rufus. Uh, he has the Bengals. <laughs> I have the Rams. We'll, we'll find a way to, we'll find a way to make everybody happy. I, I'm guessing as we, as we wa- uh, work our way towards the finish line here, but uh, yeah, Rams Ram, We're, we're all part of the Ramley. All right. Good deal. Good deal. The Ramley. I yes, like that. Yes. Yes. This is uh. well, I mean, listen, <laughs> I wish I, it's, it's Joe Burrow. So I, you know, got a soft spot here, but let's talk about the Olympics. First and foremost, before I ask you any specific questions, how do you go about handicapping the Olympics? How do you go about figuring out where, where there's edges and what you actually want to look at? And, and by the way, are there things that are much more bettable than others because of popularity? Because I mean, again, like maybe there's people who just want to randomly fire at stuff just because they're more familiar with it, or they're going to watch it and maybe don't pay attention to some of the lesser things that maybe there's a little bit more of an edge. You're a hundred percent correct in that. Uh, I think the common you know, the common sports fan maybe watches the hockey, maybe it gets mm-hmm. involved, gets into curling uh, or, you know, maybe picks a, a sport that they have some connection to and, and really kind of dives into one sport and tries to uh, tries to grind an edge there. I went and there are 109 events that are being 109 gold medals that are going to be awarded uh, over the next two weeks. And I projected every event based on a blend between um, you know, what we've seen over the years in terms of a, of a country and their performance in a given sport at the Olympics combined with, uh, in the last calendar year, basically the 2021, 2022, uh, world cup season, looking at sort of the performance of the elite athletes and how they have done, uh, on the biggest stage this year. So basically a blend of current form, uh, combined with just sort of historical, um, you know, signal in terms of, you know, kind of country in, in for a given sport. And so, so uh, I kind of blended those two in a way that I have projections for how many gold medals each country is going to earn in each sport, added them all up and then go right away and start whacking at the uh, uh, gold medal total market. Now, this worked out great for me in the summer. Uh, there was huge liquidity in all of those markets and there was metal markets going to, you know, for about I don't know, I want to say like 40 countries you could have found a metal market for this year has been very different so far. It has been very tough to find liquidity. Uh, when you have found some, you know, some, someone willing to take a bet on a given metal market, they'll take a small bet and it'll move quickly. Um, and so it has been a little bit of a, a you know, a more challenging grind this year. I don't know if it's just because of the nature of the winter Olympics getting a little bit less attention, uh, or if it's because, uh, you know, the super bowl is sort of 
coinciding perfect storm-wise where you just don't have the manpower to uh, kind of really try to do a decent job of balancing risk on these. But um, I have numbers that I love. I feel great about my projections, <laughs> and I just can't get down. <laughs> so it's a, it's been a frustrating couple days here. Drew, looking at your uh, medal count and your Olympic bets, obviously one of the things that stands out to me and those that follow this very closely is the appearance of ROC, which is Russian Olympic Committee. By the way, they were suspended, the Olympic Committee, back in 2018, but they were able to compete under Olympic athletes from Russia. So did you go with this over just because based, not only based on your projections, but the fact that maybe the market's a little bit slow to recognize, okay, they have a full delegation this time around? Yeah. Well, so what's interesting about Russia and I played Russia two ways. I hit their over 10 and a half medals. Cause I project a fair for them as 11. Uh, so not a huge edge on their over medals, but I also like them potentially to win the most gold. So Russia actually has one of the broader, uh, like uh, bands in terms of where they are getting their medals from, um, you know, certain sports, certain, certain countries like uh, Germany, um, you have a very, tight expectation for them because you know, they are going to kill the bobsledding, the luge, uh, the ski jumping, the Nordic combined, you know, they are picking from only a few bins where they're really going to get those metal gold medals. Meanwhile, Russia is really spread out across pretty much everything. They have opportunities outside of Alpine skiing. I have some potential for them to get uh, pick up a, you know, a gold medal or any medal, uh, in pretty much every other category here. And then there are some for sure where they are going to catch the market a little bit by surprise. You never really think of of Russia as having an, an especially impressive ski speed skating program. Um, they may pick up a short track and uh, two, uh, you know, two long oval uh, speed skating gold medals in this year's Olympics on top of the fact that they have the best, uh, you know, figure skating team, the best women's figure skater in the world. The, um, you know, one of the best pairs figure skating teams, a very strong cross country team, a strong biathlon team, a good freestyle skiing opportunity, even, uh, you know, men's ice hockey team, I think real reasonable expectation that that goes to Russia again. So, you know, they're, they're spread out across enough different sports that you're not really relying on one athlete to just absolutely smash in order to get their medal count home, which is like the exact exact opposite of what I would say about the likes of uh, a Norway. Like Norway's medal market at 19 and a half is absolutely insane to me. Uh, they are counting on a couple of athletes, some of them who are relatively old, to come into this Olympics and perform at their absolute best. Um, you know, they in general they tend to scoop cross country golds. They tend to get a couple alpine skiing golds, a couple biathlon golds. Um, and you know, really, if you break down those markets, um, you know, there's high confidence that you know some some athletes who have only ever won one Olympic medal in their career are going to be absolutely dominant in this year's Olympics, despite not really seeing that level of excellence in the world cup circuit this year. So, you know, where I think Norway is a somewhat fragile number, really 19 and a half. Yeah. They can get that. If everybody, if everything clicks, if everyone, you know, absolutely hits their mark, uh, then that's going to be a, 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 you know, a relative sweat. But right now I think baseline expectation for them is 16. I think it could go as low as 13. Uh, and so basically if things break positively for Russia and don't break positively for Norway, I could see Russia with the most golds. And I, I bet into that market into the in the uh, 10 to 1 range so um, I'm going to be uh, pulling for the Ruskies this week uh, Drew, let's assume people are not incredibly interested in grinding out a profit here, but they just want to get a ticket on the home team, right? Like some, they they want to bet on an, on on either the American is a, is a, as a Americans team as a whole or an individual American or whatever it might be. 
what, what ticket should they have in their account that, to where they can at least kind of root for the home team here? That is such a tough question because we are, <laughs> we, I mean, the, I, I, I honestly like there, usually there are a handful of where, you know, a handful of events where you just put us 100% likely to get mm-hmm. a gold in that event. Right. I, I'm not, I don't have any of them this year. Um, in fact, the best chance that us has for gold medal, or at least a us born athlete is competing under the Chinese Chinese flag. Uh, and it's the, uh, the freestyle skier, um, Elaine Gu. She is amazing. By the way, she's going to be kind of the breakout superstar of this Olympics. Uh, go to her Instagram page and it's just all like, uh, Louis Vuitton and Tiffany and like luxury brand <laughs> advertising already plugged in there. But, um, she is a dynamically outstanding freestyle skier and, uh, yeah, she's bored of the U S but she's competing for China. Uh, and so there's not really a good answer to that question. And in fact, USA gold medal under is a pretty strong look for me. I'm only projecting them to win six and they're going to need things to break their way in order to get to eight. Um, the women's hockey team is probably the one you want to circle. If you really want to cheer for, uh, you know, team USA doing something cool, they have about a 50, 50 chance between USA and Canada. So you can get a, a pretty low vig bet on that. Um, and, uh, and cheer for the women's U S hockey team. If you guys probably remember from the last Olympics, that was a super, super fun final between them and Canada. Uh, and, uh, really across all of the events, snowboarding, like, like I was shocked too. I went through every snowboarding category. We're not going to do great in the half pipe. We're not going to do great in the big air, the slope style stuff that we invented in the United <laughs> States, stuff that the X games is perfected. Like we just don't have many market leaders there. So uh, I guess if, if we're cheering for the team USA home team, it's going to be the women's ice hockey. And, uh, uh, and then outside of that, I don't think we're hitting our number. You can find him over at NBC Sports Edge. You can find him on the Deep Dive Podcast. You can find him here with us every single week as well. You can find him on the Twitter machine at whale underscore capper. He is Drew Densick. Drew, thanks for the time, buddy. Really do appreciate it. Hey, best of luck, guys. Enjoy the Olympics. Thank you, Drew. Oh, man. No no, no good home team bets. Here. I know. So, uh, he was trying to be patriotic, uh, but you really got to go was. where the money is. I know. Primetime action. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
play Wrangler Squares and celebrate their 75th anniversary with a free shot at a share of $75,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Wrangler Squares. Now to get in on the action for football's biggest Sunday, Wrangler. For the ride of life, terms and conditions do apply. Other eligibility restrictions also apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, Kelly, $75,000, absolutely free. Go play the squares game, right? I mean, come on. Got to do it. We're not eligible. No, you can't. And that whole uh, eligibility restrictions do apply? That applies to all of us. Yeah, that applies. But you know what what you're not, uh, what you can do? You can go out and buy a pair of Wrangler jeans, man. That's what you and that's how you support all, the, all this talk about Wrangler getting me excited for NASCAR. We got the uh, Daytona 500 in a couple weeks. So that's like, uh, you know, I get excited and then I realize I got to watch all these NASCAR races and they're so freaking long. <laughs> I mean, these are like four and five hour races well, and you get the green, white checkered and they rack about five, six times before they can finish the race. Aren't they doing one this weekend where it's in the Coliseum and yeah, they're, they're the, doing nothing they're but doing, tr- uh, turning left? Yeah, they're doing the clash this weekend, of course, uh, getting there early before Super. Super Bowl week at SoFi Stadium. So obviously that's kind of like a a favor to Fox, I think, to televise this race. And then obviously the sponsors that come in for the Super Bowl. And then, of course, they have the Great American Race in Daytona the week following. Kelly, have you ever watched a NASCAR race from opening? No. To the end. No. It has, has it been on a TV in the living room from opening, uh, from beginning to end? Yeah. He's yeah. probably looking at me being from Indiana that grew up on racing. Like, how can you watch this consecutively for like hey, three or four hours? I enjoy a, I enjoy the last like 30 laps of almost any NASCAR race. Yeah. Th- those are entertaining. Yeah. What, what I'd like to see more betting markets of, of like we, our favorite golf betting market that we, we demand up somewhere is any round golf leader for NASCAR. It's the, it's the whoever led for the most amount of laps. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want to bet because these as soon as, as soon as they get in a crash, it, it's it's done. You could have an right. outright ticket and you're done five laps in. So Wes, when you're, I'm actually interested in all this now. So so when when you're you're handicapping these deals, so isn't there? I mean, this is probably just me anecdotally because I don't really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem like the same like eight guys win every race? It does, and that's why you okay. see these guys. You know, the Joey Logano's and the Kyle Bushes are always like mm. three or four or five to one. But that's like a decent price when you compare it to like if mm. you're a Formula One better, where you got to bet before qualifying because once you get qualified, and then you're getting like Lewis Hamilton minus four dollars <laughs> to win the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix or something mm. like that. So, and NASCAR too. It depends on the tracks. Like, it's a little bit more conventional at those cookie-cutter mile-and-a-halves. But you get to Daytona, obviously. It's a restrictor plate track. You get the big one is what mm-hmm. they call it when you get, like, 20 cars basically tumbling upside and down and wrecking. So that's why I never do matchups yeah. for the Daytona 500 because it's like I got the leader, and he's going to get punted in this tight pack racing, and then all of a sudden I lose a matchup. So Daytona 500, like, especially for futures betting, mm-hmm. is really like lottery tickets. So when we do these other sports, like in the offseason, we'll look at obviously player either additions, subtractions, coaches, things, and stuff like that. In in the NASCAR offseason, do can it? I mean, I, I obviously the, a lot of it comes down to the skill of the driver, but I mean, is the 
can teams get better and things and whatnot? Yeah, is that something they, that you like look at? They and? can. I mean, usually, I mean, you do have haves and have nots. You have mm-hmm. teams that are more powerful because they can spend more money like Hendrick Motorsports or like JGR, which is Joe Gibbs Racing. The best teams usually have the best drivers and mm-hmm. they have the best equipment and can go in the wind tunnel and spend the money on all the engineering and whatnot. And that's kind of the difference. It's a little mm-hmm. more condensed in NASCAR, but like in Formula One, the backmarker teams cannot compete with like cannot compete with like BMW mm. or Mercedes or Ferrari, you know, Red Bull, like those teams. I mean, you're talking like a billion dollars for a two car team easily. <laughs> this is see things we learn here. This is this is yeah. why we have Wes on the show, Kelly. I did not know these. We things. learn these things, whatever. I didn't know if like, hey, maybe a guy gets a new whatever, a new spotter or a new crew chief yeah, or something. Yeah, they do change that, like, that around. They do change crew chiefs and mm-hmm. they change spotters and, you know, getting an engineer, especially more so like an mm-hmm. IndyCar racing or in Formula One racing. But those do change around and you kind of got to follow the personnel and, uh, you know, the different transactions with these teams. I'm on a, I'm in a uh, dynasty fantasy league, Matt, for the tire changers, the best tire changers. <laughs> on the, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. We need to get Isaiah Rankle up here and educate all of us on this stuff. Do they, do they work their way up from tire? changer to like the next the Another j- jack great guy to the whatever and all this or are you are you like in whatever your skill set is is that what you're you're, you're best at like, I don't know. You know it's a great question. I don't know. It's a great well, question. Uh, Wes, we do have some at the top of the hour, some uh, college basketball games that are going on that you have some thoughts on. Yeah, I do. Uh, Providence and St. John's. You talk about the line that really stinks to high heaven. It's the fact that St. John's is favored over the Providence Friars, who, by the way, number one in the Big East right now, the best record even ahead of Villanova. And Providence, I believe, has won like eight of their last nine. They're eight and one in the Big East. They did drop one to Marquette in early January. But this is a team that if you examine shot quality, like when we talk about college basketball, we talk about Ken Palm mm-hmm. and the Bartorvik rankings, and those are very good tools. But like shot quality is advanced, and you're seeing a lot of teams that just are having bad luck against Providence. That's one of the things that Ken Palm does measure is luck. And Providence, number one in luck mm-hmm. so far this season of all 300. 58 division one college basketball team. So you got to think at some point, the regression monster is coming. I laid small money line here with St. John's. It's basically two and a half in the market. There's a couple threes out there. St. John's, you know, has kind of been up and down. Uh, They finally got their first road win in the conference, I believe like a week ago, but this is a team that likes to get up and down their fourth highest in tempo in the country. They came off an 11 point loss at Villanova. But like I mentioned, they did beat Seton Hall on Monday, January 24th, so got off that schneid, but I just think Providence, who did beat them in the first meeting at the Dunkin' Donuts Center by 10, I think this is kind of where they hit their wall a little bit. I think they've been getting a little bit overvalued, and there's a reason why they're an underdog tonight. We do have the number one team in the country in action tonight. We do, the Auburn Tigers. uh, The Iron Bowl basketball variety, (laughs) part two, and they are taking on Alabama. Uh, they got Alabama and Tuscaloosa in the first meeting, 81 to 77. Starting to see six, six and a half. This has been Alabama, a little bit of sharp action, it looks like, on the Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, by the way, they have been one of the most erratic teams in all of college basketball. This is a team that's either going to win the national championship or literally get eliminated in the first round. Because if you look at who Alabama has beaten, they beat Gonzaga, and not convincingly, mm-hmm. nine points, but they controlled the entire game, and Gonzaga, one of the best teams 
teams in the country. They beat Houston, really good defensive team at home. They beat Tennessee, another really good defensive team. They beat LSU, and they beat Baylor on Saturday, Alabama did, down there in the Coleman Coliseum, and really led wire to wire a Baylor team that was number one in the country earlier this year. But then you look at Alabama. They've also lost on the road at Missouri, who's near the bottom of the SEC. They lost at Georgia. Tom Crean's guys did not have an SEC win until a week ago tonight when they beat Alabama. Like, Georgia Georgia has been the absolute pits in this conference, and Alabama found a way to lose to them. So you're always kind of like, okay, which team is going to show up? I do lean to the tide here, especially if a seven would pop. I don't think it's going to. This is a team that gets to the rim and gets to the rim with authority, but not a very good three-point shooting team. And Auburn, of course, they like to press with Bruce Pearl. They'll gamble for steals because they have those shot blockers down low, Walker Kessler to the North Carolina transfer. Also, Jabari Smith, who, by the way, probably is going to be a lottery pick if you look at the mock drafts. He's top five, top ten pretty much in every mock draft. So I do lean Alabama in the points, but the number got away from me, so nothing here. And then we do have uh, the game everyone's talking about, Texas and Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. And apparently, uh, uh, if I'm to believe this uh, station down there in Lubbock uh, reporting this, uh, Ryan Hyatt, check in and tell us if this story (laughs) is true. Because apparently there was a little bit of a kerfuffle yesterday in Lubbock. Uh, A source saying that Mark Adams and Chris Beard, Mark Adams, of course, the former assistant Chris Mm -hmm. Beard, the current head coach at Texas, and Chris Beard, of course, now up in Austin coaching the Longhorns, got into some type of conversation confrontation down there in Lubbock last night. So, uh, you know, local news did report it, but I took Texas plus five and a half earlier today, seeing some four and a half out there. These two teams know what each other is going to do. What Texas Tech is going to do is try to spread Texas out, make them take threes, not going to allow them at the rim. They have this no middle defense. And one interesting little wrinkle that got thrown into this game tonight, apparently the nature boy, Ric Flair, who uh, the legendary professional wrestler, he is for hire for your athletic program. (laughs) If you want him to come rally your crowd, if you got the check, nature boy's got the time. And apparently he is (laughs) going to do that for Texas Tech down in Lubbock tonight against the Texas Long. Longhorns. I took the Longhorns plus five and a half. Now starting to see it down four and a half. Kelly, do we have any scores that are catching your eye before we head to break here? Uh, my Nuggets are losing by 16 points in the first half, so that's not really. Good. Yeah, 53 to 37 right now. The Timberwolves are up uh, in this game. We uh, let's see. The Nuggets have 11 turnovers in the first half. That is, uh, re- they're really shooting themselves in the foot. The uh, Let's see, how many of those belong to Jokic himself? Oh, five. boy, they're getting outscored 25-9 to nine in the second <laughs> yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah. Jokic has five turnovers. Seven points, six assists, five turnovers in the first half here. 25-9 to nine in the second quarter is hashtag not good. That is for sure. <laughs> we'll take a look at the, uh, at, at the golf tournament this weekend, Pebble Beach preview here. Nobody better to have on the show for this than Wes. Top of the hour here on Primetime Action. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.